0: You are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless. Aggression. Hey, yo, it's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my grind, my struggle, hustle, sweat in my blood too. My competitors smell fear, I smell a lot. My competitors flex here, 'cause they smelt I was hot. I want it all, excess, the sex my success. Stress us, us. I want it all, no less. So come on it's friday you know what that means welcome everybody to the Fretzelmania podcast episode 114 i am the north american treasure mr Fretz, and today i am reviewing backlash 2003 from worcester massachusetts but first we have the 20 bell salute a little look back at the pop culture from 20 years ago, I'd say this month, but I'm recording this in the beginning of May. Schedule's a little bit behind. Uh, I work a lot now, folks, so uh, this stuff's going to be on the back burner, at least for the summer. In movies, we have holes based on a children's book of the same name. It is a Disney movie about, I don't know, kids digging holes and finding stuff. I've never really seen this one. I can't really speak too much about it, but it is a beloved Disney classic to those of a certain vintage. We also have Phone Booth with Colin Farrell, a thriller where the serial killer is from, hey, this phone booth or hey, that phone booth. If you played the Victor Zazz parts of the, the Batman Arkham games, That's basically what the premise is. It's not very good. Speaking of not very good, we have What a Girl Wants. It has Amanda Bynes in it. It's a kid's movie of the time. Not my thing. I was 19 when this movie came out. No, thank you. House of a Thousand Corpses, the first uh, movie directed by Rob Zombie of uh, Rob Zombie and White Zombie fame in heavy metal music. It wasn't that bad. I mean, Zombies movies would get maybe better, depending on who you ask. Not my uh, genre, but we move on. We have Peter Pan, one of the worst iterations of the character, Bulletproof Monk, and Malibu's Most Wanted. Picture J-Rock from Trailer Park Boys, but for 90 minutes, no thank you. In music, we have the White Stripes Elephant. Yes, that includes Seven Nation Army. Yes, that includes the hardest button to button. Arguably, their best word. Rise Against, Revolutions Per Minute, and the Deftones Minerva. In video games, we have some big news coming out of the world of video games. Enix and Square merge. You know, Square is uh, behind Final Fantasy, and this merger is. Probably why we'll never see a remaster or re-release of Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Yes, I'm still bitter. We also have Golden Sun, a criminally underrated RPG series on the Game Boy Advance, which we're going to see later this year on Nintendo Switch Online. So, Switch owners, you will be blessed to be able to finally play this game. Burnout to point of impact. You know, if you played any burnout game, it's a racing game where you cause as many accidents as possible, where you crash into oncoming traffic and then oncoming traffic crashes into you and it causes this whole butterfly effect. And the point of the game is to cause as much money in damages as humanly possible. And this next one, this last one, I should say, is specifically for Willie T. MLB04. Will, I imagine you were playing that game back in the day. Uh, the MLB series that used to be out on all major consoles until recently. I, I think it's only on the PlayStation, although they may have recently finally released on Nintendo. And MLB The Show running on a switch. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. We only have one thing to talk about on the grapple surfing segment. And that is another pay per view that took place in April 2003, uh, April 12th, 2003, to be exact. From Ring of Honor, we have the epic encounter from the Murphy Murphy I'm sorry. I bit my lip and I have a massive bump on it now. Sure. Murphy Rec Center in Philly. Uh, it doesn't say how many fans are here. Probably only a couple of thousand. This was still in the inaugural year of Ring of Honor's ex- existence. And I think, actually, no, I don't think. I'm a damn sure guarantee that the Apron Bump podcast did a review of this recently as they have been going through uh, ROH's early catalog. So, shout out to Kyle. we got the backseat boys, Trent Acid and Johnny Cashmere, defeating the Hit Squad, Mafia, and Monster Mac. Special K, Dixie, and Hydro beat the Carnage Crew and the Ring Crew Express in a... Oh boy. I need a sip or drink off of that one. A tag team scramble match and if you haven't seen a scramble match just go check out a sizzle reel on youtube they're truly outrageous and insanely dangerous matches we have the tag team championship here the champions aj styles and the amazing red defeated the Briscoe brothers to retain their titles The match between CM Punk and B.J. Whitmer ended in a no contest. Homicide beat Christopher Daniels. Alexis Lurie, Mickey James, beat Ariel. Samoa Joe beat Hot Stuff Hernandez. Yes, that is the same Hernandez that would go on to be in LAX in Impact Wrestling. Uh, Nate, I know your ears just uh, perked up here. Just a little bit. Hernandez and Joe. This match was probably a big meaty man slapping meat slapping majesty kind of match. Just right up my alley. Samoa Joe then had another match against Colt Cabana, Matt Stryker, and Tom Carter in a four-corner corner survival match. Oh, and it's noted here that uh, Samoa Joe is the Ring of Honor champion here. He retained in which was considered the best match of the night and one of the best matches in 2003, Paul London beat Brian Danielson in a two out of three falls match. Now, I think I have this on Paul London's ROH DVD, and if I remember this correctly, yes, this is one hell of a match. It's a barn burner. In the main event, we have Homicide, Dusty Rhodes, Julius Smokes, and Iceberg, the love child of Glacier and Goldberg, beat Jack Victory, C.W. Anderson, and David Young in an unsanctioned bunkhouse brawl. Man, you didn't know what you were getting. With early Ring of Honor, a lot of the time, you'd get technical masterclasses with people like Danielson, like Nigel McGuinness. You'd get some high flying excellence with Michael Shane, with Paul London, and with uh, AJ Styles and the Amazing Red. You know, this is back when Impact and ROH had a working relationship. And it's unfortunate that that uh, fell by the wayside. Some years later, now backlash 2003 from worst I never know how to say this town, so, natives of Massachusetts, help me out. Will Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. I'm gonna have to get corrected on this. Please do, in front of 10,000 fans. With a three hundred and forty-five thousand buy rate, the theme song is "Remedy" by Cold, one of your run-of-the-mills new metal one-hit wonders from back in the day. Now, this event is the main event, main evented by The Rock and Bill Goldberg. We also have Brock Lesnar versus John Cena for the undisputed championship, and most importantly. We have Scott Steiner defeating Rico on the main event of Sunday Night Heat. We kick off Backlash with Team Angle, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas going up against Los Guerreros for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Now, these two teams have been at odds ever since Team Angle beat the Guerreros for the titles in February. Notable by his absence is Kurt Angle, who, of course, was injured leading up to WrestleMania 19, miraculously finishing his match with Brock Lesnar, despite the fact his neck was hanging on by a thread and Brock was concussed by attempting the Shooting Star Press. Now, Team Angle comes out to the ring here, accompanied by a picture A lovely framed portrait of Kurt Angle, complete with an easel. Tonight, they dedicate this match to Angle, saying that he is here in spirit. Right off the bat, we just have a technical masterclass with these guys. We have suplexes being traded off by everybody. Eddie is going for a hot tag, but Charlie Haas manages to double-leg Chavo into the corner and take him back to wrestling school. Shelton hits a prototype version of his T-bone suplex finisher that he would use in his singles career. Eventually, we got Chavo getting the hot tag into this match, landing a Spagingo Ding. Shelton... Powerbombs Chavo. Eventually in this match, Eddie lands the three Amigos. He hits the Frog Splash. But Team Angle steals one. When Eddie goes for a suplex back into the ring, Charlie Haas falls on top of them as Shelton grabs the ankles of Eddie, leading to the champions retaining. After the match, Los Guerrero's take their rage out on the champions, even yeeting over the top rope, taking both the portrait and the tag team champions out. Los Guerreros then steal the titles and ride off into the sunset out of the arena. Backstage, Hest hits on Tori Wilson, despite the fact that Stacy, his on-screen girlfriend, is good friends with her best calls her a tease saying that i've seen your pictures in playboy a lot playing the you know you want me hard you know that all the douchebag guys used to do at the bars back in the day nah cory wasn't having any of this our next match is sean o'hare versus rikishi Piper comes to the ring here with a basket of coconuts. Oh, what a lovely bunch of coconuts. He grabs the mic. He cuts a promo on Sean O'Hare, introducing him to the WWE universe, saying that this is the wrestler of the millennium. And, well, look at the guy. He's got the size. He's got the look. He's got the talent. The guy's got the gift of the gab. He's, in my opinion, Sean O'Hare at this point in time was the total package. He could have been something so much better than what he got, you know. We had these months and months of devil's advocate gimmicks, you know. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. This is a very intriguing gimmick that unfortunately fell by the wayside so that Roddy Piper could have a bodyguard. And even Roddy says here, everybody pays the Piper this is a very quick match here where we get a brawl and this is all about the history between the Anoa'i family, Jimmy Snuka, and Roddy Piper. You know, Jimmy Snuka was apparently related by marriage to one of the distant members of the Anoa'i's, and basically to make this story palatable... They they said that Jimmy was Rikishi's uncle, which was not true at all. It was like a fifth cousin through God knows what. Look at the Adnaway family tree and come back to me. That thing is extremely confusing. You thought your family tree was weird? Look at this one. So Piper tries to use the same coconut here that took out Jimmy Snuka in '84. But Rikishi hits Hyper with said coconut. We get a schmoz, and then impressively, Sean O'Hare lifts up Rikishi in the fireman's carry, drops him with the spinebuster, the widowmaker, and Sean O'Hare wins this match. Backstage, Sable is playing Mean Girls. She is giving Stacy false info about Corey and Test. Saying things like, you know, Tess got an advanced copy of Corey's Playboy. is always leaving her messages and even seeing them kiss. So, yeah, Sable's pulling the strings here being just a manip- manipulative, conniving bitch. Just being a total poo disturber backstage. Next up for the Raw Tag Team titles. We have team high as hell, Rob Van Dam and Kane, defending against the Dudley Boys. And in this match, Chief Morley, Valvina's is the special guest referee. Jerry the King Lawler and Jonathan Coachman are on commentary here as JR, I think, was either having another bout of Bell's palsy or he was selling being fired by Bischoff Or he was, I think he was on screen fired because we are a couple of weeks away from Sheriff Stone Cold who reinstates him. I'm I'm going with that. It's probably that. I'm not watching the Raws leading up to this. I don't have the time. I barely have the time to watch the Smackdowns or the premium live events as it is. So I'm going with what I remember because I was watching Raw every week back then. I wasn't watching SmackDown every week quite yet. And we hear, at least I did on on the network, or if you are watching this on Peacock, let me know what you think. Uh, RVD and Kane both had dubbed themes, although I don't think Kane was using slow chemical yet. I'm not entirely sure. And this is a rare face-versus-face tag team match. This was more... For the twisted enjoyment of Eric Bischoff, you know he's that guy that just wants to watch the world burn. It's Dwayne. RVD kicks Devon. Uh, Bischoff and Morley here. They're definitely power tripping in this match. And I'm looking at the Dud the Dudley Boys T-shirts here, and their logo reminds me of Gatorade and the lightning bolt. What bar are the Dudley Boys? Well, frets, the Dudley boys are Gatorade. OSW review. Yvonne gets a stun gun. We get we want tables match because these fans are fickle. Fickle. Kane with a spine busta. and Chief Morley kind of doing a quick or slow count, depending on which team that he is counting here. Who are you trying to screw? It, What is Morley trying to do here? Why is he even the special guest referee if he's out here trying to sabotage both teams? Maybe there should have been a third team in this match. And then he could try and sabotage them because these are two baby faces. He could have brought in the heels to do a screwjob finish. Hydrate while you podcast, kids. Eventually, we see Rob Van Dam do that backflip into the basement, dropkick. Really cool spot. Split leg and moonsault on Bubba. A monkey flip. A side slam by by Baba. The was up on Rob Van Dam. And the Dudley boys are seemingly working as heels here, although they would soon be on screen fired, but brought back in the coming weeks. You know, once we get to. May 2003. I'm going to tell you the story about the last WWE house show that I went to. The Dudley Boys then get the rest hold on Van Dam. Van Dam gets the heel kick. Kane gets the hot tag. Hits another Spagingo thing on Devon. He is a house of fire, Unintended. A side slam and a pin that Bubba breaks. We then see the flying clothesline by Kane. Bubba gets the dusty the dusty punches. But Kane gives him a goozle. Morley low blows Kane in the choke slam, And he kicks out. Morley is aiming for Rob Van Dam. hits Bubba Ray. Devon gets pissed off here. Attacks the referee. And Lance Storm comes out to take out Devon. Lance eats the bubble Bomb for his troubles. Morley eats a 3D. We see a choke slam, A five-star frog splash. New referee comes into the... Fr- Fold here, Council Three, and Team High as Hell retain the titles in this overbooked, oversaturated mess of a title match. Although it was quite entertaining. Backstage, we have one of the greatest segments of all time. First, I have to give major credit to the Ruthless Aggression podcast for hilariously covering this on. On their YouTube page. You have to watch this. What I'm about to tell you won't give it any justice whatsoever. So Stacy is going into the women's locker room to confront Tori. About the recent rumors that Sable has been spreading. This fake drama. Tori is denying these rumors saying that these, these aren't true... Uh, eventually this breaks out into a cat fight. And in the background of the women's locker room, Ivory is wearing a towel and holding a cat. Why she brought a pet cat to a wrestling show in the middle of Massachusetts, I don't know. Maybe for this visual gig where the cat fight breaks out and Ivory just (laughs) throws the cat To this pile of ladies who are trying to catfight and separate Stacy and Tori. One hell of a visual gag. It's like, "Ah, that that catfight. Okay. Why Ivory pulled an Angela from the office, I don't know. King here has one of the most horrifying lines of the night. And that's saying something coming from Jerry Lawler. No! More hair! for top! Uh, okay. So, just go look this up on YouTube, folks. I, I couldn't give it any justice. It's amazing. Speaking of the women's division, we have Jazz versus Trish for the women's championship. Jazz is managed by Teddy Long of Thuggin' and Buggin' Enterprises. Let me highlight at you, player. This match is going to be vindication for Jazz. To rise above all bigotry and prejudice. And she's going to be the new champion. Believe that, player. And not only the bitch is back, but the bitch is black. We got a modern day Nation of Domination spiel going on here with... Uh, Jazz and Teddy Long, they would be also joined by the likes of D'Lo Brown and Rodney Mack as time would go on. But I think by this point, D'Lo Brown was... He was in TNA, I believe. So he would have been out of thugging and Bugging Enterprises. And this is a very, very quick match here where we see a Stratisfaction. And while the referee is making the count... Petty Long throws his shoe into the into the ring. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. And in amongst this schmoz, we see Jazz go for the Aloha Arn. And sits down on Trish. And wins the championship. Like, holy crap. We have a new women's champion so soon after WrestleMania. Like, Trish beat... Was it Molly and Victoria in a triple threat? And they're really hot potatoing the title at this point in time. But if we're bu- building up another new contender in jazz, I'm all for it. Our next match is Rey Mysterio versus The Big Show. Your classic Davy versus Goliath. Big Man versus Little Man match. And Rey is on the Big Show immediately, like, like flies on crap. He chases the Big Show in and out of the ring. He lands a basement dropkick to Big Show outside of the ring, who angrily kicks the stairs as a result. You will not like me when I'm angry. In the ring, Rey Mysterio goes for the ten punches, but Big Show picks him up and yeets him into the corner and then hops. Ray Mysterio just out, and the sound he got out of that was outrageous. I mean, give me a chop off between Gunter and the Big Show. Actually, yeah, really do that, please. This match breaks out into a schmazz. We're outside of the ring, and the Big Show palms Ray, grabs him by the face, and throws him back into the ring. Rey Mysterio goes for a springboard splash, but the Big Show catches him into a backbreaker. We then see a press slam, but Rey Mysterio lands on his feet and tries to chop him down, but gets a chop to the back. Rey Mysterio goes for a chair under the ring. He drops the dime with the senton, but the Big Show kicks out. We get a 619 to the knees and the face. We get the West Coast pop. Nope. Big Show catches him with the goozle, choke slam, and wins this very quick yet very entertaining and intense match. Afterwards, Big Show goes on a rampage. Rey Mysterio, who is already doing a stretcher job in this match, gets thrown around while attached to the gurney by the Big Show, who grabs him and whips him into the ring post while strapped to the, to the friggin' gurney. And that was one of the most vicious things I have ever seen in a wrestling ring. And we're going to get some pretty ruthless stuff later this year, when we get the Big Show and Zach Gowan. Damn. Backstage, Triple H, Ric Flair, and Y2J have a chat ahead of their six-man tag later in the night versus Booker T, Shawn Michaels, and Kevin Nash. In this chat, Jericho calls Lillian Vivian, so he may have been watching a bit of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and had Aunt Viv on the mind, which... I'm just a man. I don't I don't blame you, Chris at all. He says that he's going to have a good chance to put HBK down. And then Rick Flair talks about the five-time champion having the deal with the 16-time champion Woo and Triple H says something about Kevin Nash that I did not write down. Next up for the undisputed championship, we have John Cena Challenging Brock Lesnar. John Cena's battle rap on his way to the ring takes us through WWE history. Saying that he's going to be better than San Martino. iron like the Sheik in my camel clutches. He's going to lose lose my mind like mankind pulling socks from my ass crack. I'll attack you from all angles. You can call me Kurt. Little reference here as they will feud later this year. We get a big Yankees suck chant from the uh Red Sox Faithful here as Cena is coming out in a vintage Yankees jersey, and yes, they do suck. Let's go Blue Jays. And right away here, Brock Lesnar hits two backbreakers into the sack of shit fall away slam, taking John Cena to Suplex City, Massachusetts. Brock Throws Cena into a table. We get a bunch of trash talk and Brock is waving the title in his face. We'll have a big full circle moment here between these guys and the championship. Cena tries to go for the chair, but is denied. He sends Brock into the steps. Cena poses with the title, giving us an Easter egg some years into the future. And Brock Lesnar had a wound on his head that was opened by John Cena reopened in this match giving us a full circle moment Nate take a shot where just last week at Backlash 2023 Brock Lesnar smashed into the exposed turnbuckle against Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes managed to win that match and the battle scar that that left on him was oh it was ugly Cena then goes for a move that he would add to his repertoire throughout the years. And that is a Brett's Rope Famouser. Huh. Did not know that Cena did this move this early. We get a ring post. John Cena with the rest hold. That Brock Lesnar snapmares out of. John Cena then gets the DDT. And eventually locks in a Coquina Clutch. A lot of Let's Go Stina chants in this match. You know, Stina's rap stick has uh, resonated with a lot of fans at this point in time. You know, myself included. And I'm no fan of rap music. You know, not to the extent of some I respect. Let's just say I like the rap from this era. And the 90s. Today, not a friggin' chance. But... Brock Lesnar was starting to get some booze as he was gaining momentum in this match with a power slam with clotheslines. Cena hits a low blow. He goes for the chain, but Brian he- Hebner spots him, allowing Brock Lesnar to hit the F5 and retain his championship. Backstage, we get more drama with Test and Stacy and Tori, and Scott Steiner makes the save and sticks up. For Stacy, I actually didn't watch this segment because I just I clicked fast forward through a lot of this so I could actually get the show recorded on time. Next up, we have Booker T and the two dudes with attitudes, John Michaels and Big Daddy Cool Kevin Nash, going up against World Heavyweight Champion Triple H, Chris Jericho, and Ric Flair. And on the Peacock version of this show, Booker T's theme sounded different. It sounded dubbed. And so did Ric Flair's theme. Ric Flair's theme, because I guess he didn't have the rights to Space Odyssey or also Sprack or whatever that piece of music is called, They didn't get the rights to it. And it's unfortunate because his actual theme, that actual piece of music, is a banger. Kevin Nash takes us back to 1995 with the classic diesel pyro and pose. Michael's doing his pose in the background. So we just got a little Easter egg of the two dudes with attitudes. And that just, that put a big smile on my face. Starting off this match is Jericho and Michaels who are, crediting pins back and forth, back and forth, until Jericho lands a sucker punch. Kevin Nash is tagged in against Y2J. He goes for Triple H, but to no avail. Jericho goes to the top rope, but Booker T catches him in a flapjack and hits the 110th Street Slam. Flair misses an elbow drop on Booker T. Shawn Michaels comes into the ring here to go up against Flair, giving us a preview of Of Wrestlemania 24. I'm sorry. I love you. The three heels gang up on HBK. Allowing him to get the momentum. To hit the hot tag. Eventually. But he eats a Harley Race knee. A bunch of Ric Flair chops. And then Shawn Michaels. Is continuously. Being worked over. And isolated. In the heel corner. He goes for the hot tag, but Ric Flair denies him. Eventually, he does get the hot tag on Kevin Nash, who does the elbows into the corner on Triple H. Body slams everyone and slowly dominates the heels. He hits a sidewalk slam on Triple H. Ric Flair chops Kevin Nash, but it's not very effective. Poker T kicks Y2J. Does the spin-a-rooney. Y2J ducks another sidekick. HBK wounds up the band to kick Ric Flair, but Jericho intervenes and hits the bulldog. We then see Flair locking in the figure four, despite the fact that he is not the legal man. First, Jericho locks in the walls. Then we get Kevin Nash jackknifing Chris Jericho, who is also not the legal man. This match was a big-ass schmoz. But eventually we get Triple H sledgehammering Kevin Nash to win this match. So we're getting Kevin Nash and Triple H are having a title feud in 2003. Oh, boy. Yay. Blackstage, Harry Reynolds, interviews The Rock. You know, Rock hasn't faced Bill Goldberg. You know, what can we... As- what can we expect here? A lot of people think that Goldberg is winning this match. The Rock calls Terry old lemon panties land giggle panties. What ever on earth that means. Says that The Rock has done it all. Except for making a white baby looking at Terry. He mocks Bill Goldberg. Says don't laugh at The Rock. Says that he speared the rock for no reason. And last week on Raw, I gave you eight shots to the Chrome Dome. Don't feel so good, does it? Think Godzilla to King Kong. And he then says he wipes the cockatoos ass with what the people think. Calls Goldberg a whisker biscuit bald headed bitch. Okay. And finally we lead into the main event of the evening, The Rock versus Bill Goldberg. So it begins here the modern era Goldberg story arc. And the crowd is hot for Goldberg here and booing The Rock at every turn. The Rock is talking trash and Goldberg throws him but Goldberg also hears a few audible boos as a result. Rock then hightails it. "Eh, I'm out of here. And then when he leaves and comes back into the ring, he slaps Goldberg in the face. And that's where Goldberg tees off, yeets the Rock out of the ring. And King says that the coach doesn't like the Rock's music. You know, the Rock concerts that he's been doing. Know, greatest things to hit, hit, the greatest thing to hit Toronto because the Maple Leafs suck. Those whole things, just amazing. It says, Coach, you like Barry Manilow, but uh, who doesn't? Oh, Mindy, you came and you brought me a turkey on my vacation away from worky And you came and you something from something. And, and King says that Coach thinks. That Snoop Doggy Dog belongs to Charlie Brown. It's a good line, King. That's a good line. And then Goldberg, out of nowhere, presses A and B in WCW Revenge. Hits the rock bottom on the rock. Goes for the spear, but eats the corner instead. The rock gains control, locks in the sharpshooter. Hits the rock bottom. No, that's a two count. Bill Goldberg with the spear, with the power slam, the rock with the spear. He goes for the rock bottom, hits it. Bill kicks out. Spinebuster, people's elbow. Goldberg hits out. Two spears, one jackhammer later, and Goldberg emerges victorious. In this first, and I think only encounter, that The Rock and Goldberg would have as Backlash 2003 fades into black. That'll do it for this week's Fretzelmania, peeps. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow me on all my social medias at Fretzelmania. That's Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Addict Radio. Say it with me, kids. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. Listen to all of our shows, including Brace for Impact. My good brother, my former co-host of the Game Changer podcast, Nate. The effing great taking us through Impact Wrestling history. We also got streaming every Wednesday night. The Kings. Of the Rings podcast, King Ricky Rose, Willie T, and sometimes K Murphy, aka K Fabe. And every weekend, why not? Kick off said weekend in proper Y-L-P fashion with the Young Lions perspective. Check the links in the description of this podcast. Check the links in our pinned tweet, our link tree. We got merch. I got some new logos and some good stuff coming out. We have a Patreon. We have a Discord. Please join our Discord when we just shoot the shit, share memes, talk about wrestling, talk about life. It's a good time. So that'll do it for this week. And until then... Keep your stick on the ice. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.